What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I walk a straight line, shackle and chain. Oh, gruesome Gertie is calling my name. There is no mercy in this penitentiary. Just ask the Hill String Gang, Rango. Welcome back to Bloody Angola, a podcast 142 years in the making. Complete story of America's bloodiest prison. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Everton. What we up? got a good one. Got a good one today. Yeah, you always bring the juice for our fans, right? Look, back in 2017, this was uh, something that, especially here, you know, in Louisiana was a, a big story and uh, ended up being a national story of, of epic proportions. And right. the way this one ends in Bloody Angola is maybe not what you would expect. Exactly. Uh, but as we always do, we like to give you the full story here. So uh, we're going to take you back to September 11th of 2017. Of course, everybody knows that. You know September 11th and what that what that is known for, but this is 2017, and at 12:38 a.m., three shots are fired into the door of a home in the Hickory Ridge subdivision of Baton Rouge. Now, two people were present in the home at this time, but thankfully, no one was injured. So, before we go any further, let me tell you a little bit about uh, Hickory Ridge subdivision because that's going to take. Uh, or play kind of an important role in this case. Hickory Ridge is on the south side of Baton Rouge, y'all. I, I grew up not too far from uh, the Hickory Ridge subdivision, maybe just a couple miles. It's right. it's what you would consider kind of an upper middle class. There's a, a lot of doctors in that subdivision, a lot of lawyers and professionals that live in that Hickory Ridge subdivision and the surrounding areas around it. It's it's not an area which you would have been accustomed to hearing gunshots. Right, not, 
Not at that time. Sure. Definitely not. And and really rare in that subdivision uh, during that time in history. And then now, in this case, there's something else that was kind of rare during that time. And, uh, and that is the residents of that home were black. The mother, Tanya Stevens, who was a nurse, was at home. Uh, or actually, she was at work at that time that the incident occurred. But she had two adult sons, and they lived with her. And they were at home during the time. And it's worth noting uh, that at that time, they were, as I just said, they were were the the, only black residents in that subdivision. black family, yeah. And, of course, that's going to play an important role. Right. And so, y'all, the police get the call uh, about the shots being fired. And, hey, this is an affluent part of Baton Rouge. And I'm sure in a scenario like this, especially in the area uh, the shootings occurred, at yeah, what I call an ape and, or an acute political emergency, right? Everyone responded, but no one actually saw the shooting. So there was no vehicle description or suspect description. And the police only had three spent shell casings from a nine millimeter handgun and one projectile to log as evidence. By projectile, we mean the bullet um, that was recovered from the scene also. But on that same day around 2 p.m., the East Baton Rouge Sheriff's Office received a call from an employee of Jiffy Lube who said he saw someone hiding what appeared to be a gun in some bushes near their building. So the East Baton Rouge Sheriff's Office followed up but had no reason at the time to make a connection to anything else other than, you know, they were looking for a gun. But they found no gun in the bushes and no video was taken of the incident. So the responding officer took a report and in their report, he noted that the employee said the person hiding the gun was a white male in a red car. Yeah, so you got these these two incidences taking place, and they're kind of close to each other, but they're they're yeah. just reports. No uh, reason to connect anything, right? So, y'all, the very next day, which is September twelfth of twenty seventeen, Custom Security, which is. Uh, a privately owned home and business security system company in Baton Rouge. They're rather large. Uh, They call police and they report an incident that occurred as they were looking at their own security through their own cameras in their parking lot where they see a white male in a red car, get out of his car in that parking lot and remove his license plate. Mm -hmm. They also told police at that time it appeared that he placed a gun into the trunk of his vehicle on the cameras. They right. they were seeing this. Now at the time, BRPD didn't really dispatch anybody uh, to this to the scene, but they did take a report and they noted in that report the details that I just told you. Now, fortunately, the folks at Custom Security, you know, were smart enough to take that video footage and they just kind of put it on a jump drive and they were like, you know, we need to at least keep this on file. In case something comes out. They they found it very strange and and someone over there was sharp enough to put that on a jump drive and that would be a key piece of evidence later in our story. So police, they still haven't really connected anything. They just appear to be three separate incidents. And yeah, it's not like these no cops reason. are talking to each other. No, right, right, right. I mean, and they're catching other calls and they're doing their shit. It's, and really, there's no crime been committed. That's right. So then that very same night, the night of September 12th, 2017, at 1032 p.m., at a bus stop at 3400 block of Florida Avenue near Acadian Thurway, in Baton Rouge, police responded to a shooting. Now, at the scene, police find a homeless man by the name of Bruce Cofield, y'all, and he was 59 years old, and he was shot to death. Witnesses at the scene described a white male dressed in tactical gear driving a red car. Now, there is some video of the scene. However, it's so grainy, it really can't be used, y'all, and they can't get that much out of it. Now, Bruce Cofield, he may have been a homeless guy, but that doesn't mean people in the community didn't know him. He was actually well-known in the area, and I'm going to read you an article from the newspaper the day after he was found shot to death and and give you a little bit more uh, uh, idea of what we're talking about. So the article says, it's titled, Man Shot Killed on Florida Boulevard Late Tuesday. Neighbors say 
He didn't bother anyone. This is from September the 13th of 2017. A man was fatally shot on Florida Boulevard at North Acadian Thruway at about 10.30 p.m. Tuesday, said Baton Rouge Police Spokesman Sergeant Dion Coppola. Bruce Copefield, 59, who's believed to have been homeless, was found in the road dead from gunshot wounds. Marquia Johnson, who lives near the intersection, says she heard about 12 shots fired. Six shots then a pause, then six more. We heard it all, Johnson 41 say. I hate to say it, but I hate Baton Rouge. Johnson said her son saw Cofield after the shooting and recognized him as a homeless man who often sits with a sign at the intersection. She said they know him as Mr. Bruce. The man didn't appear to bother anyone. Not to get shot like that, Johnson said. It's senseless. Paula said there are no suspects or motives in the shooting. Johnson said she had recently bought Cofield some food and given him some money after talking with him. Johnson, who moved to the capital city about five years ago, said she plans to move soon and take her sons 18 and 19 with her. I do not want to see my two boys dead on the street, she said. The killing is the 71st homicide in East Baton Rouge Parish in 2017. And Coppola asked anyone with information on the shooting to contact the violent crimes unit, right? Now, that's and that's important in that, uh, you know, this is not something, and I mean murders, y'all in Baton Rouge at that time, were not something that were uncommon. Right, 70-something 70, 70 already. And, 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 September. Right. right. And, and, you know, uh, so homeless guy gets shot and killed, you uh, I'm, you know, they're working it, but it, this is not something to where it's a, just an all points bulletin right, to work this right. thing. Uh, so the same day that the article came out that Woody just read you at approximately 1046 a.m. And this is September 14th of 2017 at a bookstore known as Books a Million. Yep. The manager of that bookstore calls police to report the theft of a book. Now. The book that was stolen was titled The Ultimate Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Very popular book by Douglas Adams. Uh, Police take a report and some corresponding video of the outside of the uh, building. They they looked at you couldn't couldn't really make out hardly any of it. Uh, And they note that the book thief was a white male driving a red car. The the manager of that store actually got a good look at the guy that stole the book. Still, I mean, it's a book theft. This is petty crime, $10 book, right? Um, So because of that, I mean, they take a report, but they don't start digging through things to try to figure out who this guy is. They just note it, and in the event, it may come up later on. These all just appear, y'all. All All these things we're telling you is random calls at this point. Nobody's communicating with each other saying, hey, this guy mentioned a red car. Did you see a red car? And none of that's happened. so the same night, September 14th, at approximately 11.08 p.m., police respond to a call of shots fired at 3014 Alaska Street in Baton Rouge, and they find the body of 49-year-old Donald Smart. Uh, they also find 10 spent rounds from a 9-millimeter handgun, and there were several credible eyewitnesses describing a white male in a red car. And police are starting to, they're kind of starting to figure out there's a connection between this scene and the murder scene they just worked a few days before involving Bruce Cofield. Because at both scenes, they had a report of a white male in a red car. And, right. And, and lots of rounds spent in yep. homicides. The manners in which they were killed. Right. And, and look, it could have been the same deputies working both scenes. I right. mean, it's, it's around the same time right, of night. Right, right. Um, so I'm going to read you an article real quick released by the newspaper the day after Donald Smart was found murdered. And it says Baton Rouge Police this is September 15th of 2017. Baton Rouge Police identify Alaska Street shooting victim. A 49-year-old man was found fatally shot Thursday night in the 3000 block of Alaska Street, Baton Rouge Police Spokesman Sergeant Don Coppola said. Police are investigating after Donald Smart was found lying in the road suffering from multiple gunshot wounds. Smart 
of 812 Roosevelt Street was shot at 11 p.m. He was declared dead at the scene, and Baton Rouge police have not yet identified a suspect or motive. So, uh, still, you know, in all of this, you're you're seeing these articles, and they're just they're. There's no like red flags really coming up yet. Although behind the scenes, I'm sure the the police are starting to yeah, mm, seem like, connected. Mm, you know, it, could, yeah, it definitely was the same homicide investigators that are working it right. Yeah. So this is a situation where a suspect really fucked up. There. I mean, to put it bluntly, he just flat out killed the wrong guy. And Donald Smart was very popular in the Baton Rouge community, and he had been a dishwasher for over 20 years at the very popular LSU eatery known as Louise Cafe. Now, I've eaten there a million times after Me going too. out, and uh, most, you know, it stays open all night and everything, y'all. But yeah, you know, um, Smart had been walking to work when he was killed, and people were outraged. This was a good person a working man, a family man, and, like, people were pissed. I mean, basically, he was a good dude. He always had interaction with people over the years and when he's in the restaurant and everything else. So we move on, y'all, to September 15th of 2017, and a huge break in the case occurs when police uh, use ballistics and they prove that the shell casings collected of both Bruce Cofield and the Donald Smart murders matched the same gun. Uh-oh. Right? This coupled with the manner in which they were killed, shooting from a car, then getting out and finishing off the victims, uh, execution style, y'all, as well as both scenes indicating a white male in a red car. It left no doubt to police that these murders were connected. Now, look, when we do these stories, we want to make sure we always give you a sense of who the victims were. So I'm going to read you an article put out just after Donald Smart's death that really did a good job of that. And this article was released the day after the ballistics match, the shell case instead of the same gun. So the title of the article is, This is Wrong. Popular Louis Cafe worker, remembered as hardworking, whistle-as-you-work guy from September 16th of 2017. Donald Smart consistently showed up for his overnight shift as a dishwasher at Louis Cafe in a spotless white T-shirt and a bright white Nike tennis shoes. And somehow, despite feeling one of the messier jobs at the restaurant, the 49 years old, old always kept them that way. It stayed white, said a smiling Fred Simpson, the general manager of the restaurant right off LSU's campus. And this is Louis Cafe. This is the 24-hour diner at the doorstep of the number one, I don't care what anyone says, party school in the country. And this is the night dishwasher in white shoes, white shirt. And it wasn't because Smart stayed out of the way or lacked dedication. It was the opposite. The 20-year veteran dishwasher was just that good at his job, Simmons said. I've seen 26 years of folks washing dishes in a busy diner, and this guy is untouchable. Simpson said, uh, Saturday, when you have an employee like Donald, he's a type of person who's going to make the person next to him better. Now, Smart was walking to his Thursday night shift when just a half mile from the 24-hour diner, he was gunned down in what law enforcement officials called the second apparently random fatal shooter that week, fatal shooting this week. So, y'all, they may mention the Louis Cafe manager in the article, and we have a short an emotional clip from the manager of the eatery where Donald Smart worked, and we're going to play that for you now. So here is what that sounded like. Like, I'm talking to you so that, you know, somebody knows that, like, this isn't just a murder victim. You know, this isn't like... This isn't just some dude... Like, this is important people, you know, and like, and like they all are, right? Like every single person that dies that you see, that's a statistic or whatever, they're, you know, they're somebody's Donald or they're somebody's like, they mean something, you know, and like we're all, we all have like, you know, we're not perfect, nobody's perfect, you know, um. But damn it, if this guy wasn't close 
when it comes to the job that he did. And like, if you it, it don't care if like dishwasher is low on the totem pole or if late night dishwasher doesn't reach your standard of what a quality career is, this guy outworked so many people. And, and I love, I will love that man till the day that I die. And why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seen more health issues with the dog's joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Now, my dog, Phoebe, is the queen of our house, and I can tell you that her health is extremely important to us. She is a part of our family. I watched the video, y'all, and I was amazed by the things I didn't know that could impact your dog's health. This 20-minute video is packed full of tips that I've already started with my dog, Phoebe. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com slash bloodyangola and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D dot com slash bloodyangola. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So thank you. All right. Now, another really important step happens on September 15th. And you remember we told you about the folks from Certified Alarm and how they had a video of a guy pulling off a license plate? Well, um, when Donald Smart was murdered, it the headlines were, were so massive that everywhere you went, people were talking about this white guy in a red, red car. car. Certified Alarm, no different than anybody else. Employees there were like, wait a minute. We got that video of that white guy in that red car. Right. So they were uh, they were kind of smart enough to call police again. And they said, you know, we put in a report about a video. Do y'all want to see this video? And yeah, the police do. were like, well, hell yeah, we do. Yeah, uh, now now it's, it, it's seeming like something that may be important. Um, so the police go and they pick up that video on that jump drive from Certified Alarm. And on the video... They not only see this guy and he's taken off a plate, but they also see this guy take duct tape. And he had like one of those little small American flag stickers. Mm -hmm. And he took the duct tape and covered the sticker, which was affixed to the back window. And he also took some duct tape and he put it over a dealer sticker. So it's just basically a sticker saying you bought it at XYZ Ford. That kind of thing. And now when you see people doing that. There's a reason. Yeah, there's definitely. Just like taking a license plate off. Exactly. Uh, So police also note that the vehicle has a small but recognizable dent in the back bumper in the video. So what do the police do? Well, they meet with everyone. 
They meet with uniform patrol, state police, uh, call everyone, all these lieutenants basically right. into this room. And they say, get with your guys. And here's a picture of what this vehicle looks like because both of these uh, homicides have been matched to the same gun. And we think this vehicle has something to do with right, it. Absolutely. So uh, every uniform officer basically in the state gets this APB, if you will. And then police get with the media and they release an article, which essentially becomes like an APB for the whole city of Baton Rouge. Because the, the police knew one thing. Both of these guys were black. They seemingly were killed for absolutely no reason, right. as if they were targeted. And the individual that killed them was white. And they knew we we're going to have a major problem if we don't solve this case real quick. Oh, okay. It's escalating, right? Right. So uh newspaper article comes out. And the headline says, uh, this is September 15th of 2017. The headline says, all-out hunt in Baton Rouge for gunmen linked to two apparently random fatal shootings. Baton Rouge police began a citywide manhunt Friday for a gunman believed to have killed two pedestrians this week in apparent random shootings. Authorities linked the fatal shootings through ballistic tests and launched uh, and launched on Friday what one official described as an all-out manhunt for the suspect. Uh, described in a law enforcement document as a white male of medium build with a military-style haircut who may be wearing a tactical vest. This is our top priority, interim Baton Rouge Police Chief Johnny Dunham said Friday. We have tons of officers looking for this shooter. The gunman is believed to have fatally shot two men this week, and we told you all about that. Police have released few details about the shooting, both of which happened late at night between 1030 and 1115 on a Tuesday and a Thursday. A witness told The Advocate earlier this week, and that was the newspaper, that she heard a dozen gunshots we told y'all about all that. So police are starting to realize they have a problem. And it goes on to say a national ballistics database connected the two killings. And Baton Rouge detectives have urged neighboring law enforcement agencies to help them search for the man. Uh, so they, there's a manhunt basically going on right now. Right. Uh, in the city of Baton Rouge for this guy. Now everybody's looking and, you know, uh, and Bolos. Right. Be on the lookout <laughs> for, right? So, uh, so y'all, on the afternoon of September 16th, BRPD officer Raymond Taylor spotted a vehicle that matched the description, complete with the dent in the bumper and the American flag sticker. In fact, the officer that spotted him was working extra duty for free that day just to search for that specific vehicle. Wow, shout out to him. Right, straight up shout out. So he pulls it, um, well, he rails it in and then he follows the vehicle uh, and he calls in because he's waiting for backup before pulling it over. And he pulls the vehicle over a few miles down the road from where he spotted it. Police then detain Kenneth Gleason, a 23-year-old white male, and take him to the headquarters for questioning. They obtain a search warrant for his home. And while there, they found some marijuana and human growth hormone in the bathroom of the home that he shared with his parents. They also find a speech he had printed out by Adolf Hitler, Mm. right? Although they felt they did not have enough yet to charge him with the murders of Smart and Cofield, they do book him for the drugs they found in his home, and they were able to get a sample of his DNA, which is huge. Yeah, that is huge. And at this point, uh, police have a suspect in jail, and they're they're pretty confident it's him. Everything on the vehicle that they were looking for matches, even down to the dent. Right. Uh, so they get some DNA, and what the suspect doesn't know at this time the police knows that they're attempting to pull off a miraculous break in this case which is to see if they can manage to get what's known as touch dna off the shell casings and match it to gleason now this type of dna retrieval y'all is an absolute long shot at best uh they're working behind the scenes to get the shell casings analyzed quickly 
And they're trying to do this so fast because he is on jail, y'all, for drug charges, very marijuana. small drug marijuana. charges. Yeah. And one in the human growth. Hormone, yeah. So. I mean, nothing, you know, he's not in there for, for 600 pounds of cocaine or right. anything. Um, so they're trying to hurry this up while they can still keep him in jail. But eh, it didn't happen. Right. On Sunday, September 17th, he's actually released from jail on a $3,500 bond on those drug charges. So police are like, shit. Right. He is either going to run or he's going to continue killing. They needed to get him back in jail and fast. Right. So they managed to do just that, y'all. On Monday, September 18th, 2017, he's rearrested. And guess on what charge? Remember that $10 book right. we were telling y'all about from Books of Me? Yeah. Well, it just so happened that the suspect's picture was all over the news. Obviously, this right. is high-profile stuff. Uh, they find an Adolf Hitler speeches in this guy's house. The news is all over it. And the Books of Million manager happens to see his face on that Monday. And he calls the police and he said, hey. That's, that's the dude same that dude that stole the right. book. Remember, he got he told him I got a good look at him, but the yes, the book they're not going to go beat down the bushes. Then I can put that on in the news, right? That's right. But police, they're like, you got to be kidding. You sure you can? Can you pull him out of the lineup? He's, yes, he, absolutely, I can. So police go arrest Gleason for a second time and put him back in jail on the book but right. theft. But now they know he's going to make. Bail soon on that charge. Right. Look, honestly, a ten dollar book—it's a sign out bail typically. Right. Right. Um, and the very next day, right before he is able to make bail, they get the break they need. The That's state right. police crime lab pulls off the impossible, and they match that touch DNA found on the shell casings to the scene of the Donald Smart murder. To Kenneth Gleason. Uh, as I told y'all, that's known as touch DNA. It's almost never enough DNA to be useful in a case, and it's very difficult to retrieve. Right. And uh, people get the wrong idea about DNA. They automatically think it's, you know, guaranteed, da da da. But it's just not. And touch DNA is like almost like fingerprints. It, it's, yeah. And, and, but a lot of times, just because I touch, this table right here right now and pull my hand away doesn't mean my DNA is going to be on there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot of different circumstances to go into it. So they get the break, right, y'all? And, and so they file new charges against Gleason, this time for the murder of both Smart and Cofield. And it goes before Judge Trudy White, who I used to I've been in her chambers many a time for a bail hearing. And rather than tell you about what transpired, we have the actual audio from the bail hearing. And y'all, this was not actually in front of the judge. It was done basically on closed circuit television where he's on camera communicating with the judge, meaning he's doing it from the prison. They found a lot more cost effective to be able to do these uh, hearings where the judge is, got them on video then it is transport them back and forth to court so let me here's what it sounded like oh gleason okay mr gleason all right sir your name and address all right sir you've been charged with two counts of first degree murder the court is not setting any bail on that You've been charged with two counts of attempted first-degree murder, 20000 each, two counts of illegal use of a weapon, 5000 each, aggravated criminal damage to property, 5000 uh, Because of the first-degree murder charge, you will sit until uh, your matter is resolved. All right, so we had the uh, Ms. Delana interview you or attempt to interview you, and you have a you know, real serious charge. And so the note she says is that you have uh, refused to answer any more questions without your attorney present. And so that's a good, uh, a good response. And uh, you have lawyered up, so uh, just follow the instructions of your attorney, okay? Okay. All right, good luck to you. All right, thank you. All right, sir. All right, so we'll get back at it at 8 o'clock tomorrow, gentlemen. Okay, Thank so you, Mr. Marlin, is this going to 1500? All right.
Thank you. Okay. And for this guy, Gleason, he just needs to follow his attorney? Yeah, he has no bail. He has set bail on the charges that he could be set, but he can't bond out. Okay. Thank you. All right. So you can just put no bond. I haven't talked to him since I've uh, been brought right. here, so uh, I would I would like to. Yeah. I would like him okay. to. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll we'll give him a call or a text. All right. Okay. All right. All right. He'll he'll come and take he'll come and handle it. All right. Thank you. Okay. We can go off the record now. Hi. So you heard it. No bail for Gleason. And if you notice, he was he was asking about. The suicide watch. Now, this coming to play hot and heavy in this story. So, now everyone is wondering, who is this 23-year-old kid who looks clean-cut, seems to come from a good family, and digging in his past, you would be shocked to know that Gleason was not the typical Aryan Nation stone-cold killer you see in the movies. I mean, this kid was an Eagle Scout, y'all, having earned his badge at 18 by building risers for a local church. He's also a graduate of one of the most prestigious high schools in the city of Baton Rouge, known as Baton Rouge High School, which is a magnet school with former governors of the state of Louisiana as graduates. And I, I'm going to read you this article, put out just a couple of days after his charges for the murders of Smart and Cofield. So the article's title man's path from eagle scout to alleged killer baffles family this is from september 20th 2017 baton rouge louisiana an eagle scout at, at, at age 18 kenneth leeson graduated with honors from one of the baton rouge's most elite schools and enrolled at louisiana state university five years later the 23 year old white male was jailed on charges he gunned down two black men and shot up a black family's home last week in a string of attacks that police say may have been racially motivated. Gleason's arrest shocked and baffled relatives. Carrie Hiley, a maternal aunt who lives in Galveston, Texas, said she had never heard of her nephew express any racist views. His family didn't teach him that, Hiley said Wednesday. None of us feel that way. Gleason wore a T-shirt bearing the name of the Boy Scouts Ranch in New Mexico when police officers led him in handcuffs past a bank of reporters Tuesday outside of Louisiana State Police Headquarters. We were shocked to learn about the allegations against this individual. This behavior runs counter to everything for which the Boy Scouts of America stands, says Gary Mertz, a local scout official. He could face possible death sentence if he's convicted in the killings of a homeless man in a dishwasher walking to work. In each case, the killer opened fire from his car, then walked up to the victim as he lay on the ground and fired again repeatedly. He is also charged with firing gunshots in the home of a black family that lives three houses down from him and his parents. The investigator said surveillance footage and DNA on a shell casing linked him to the crimes. And authorities found a handwritten copy of an Adolf Hitler speech at Gleason's home. Holly said she hasn't seen Gleason since a family trip to Thailand nearly two years ago. She described him as quiet, polite person who didn't fit anything violent. None of this makes any sense to me at all, she said. Gleason graduated cum laude from Baton Rouge Magnet High School in 2012 and became an Eagle Scout later the same year, a distinction he earned after building choir risers for a local church, according to the Advocates newspaper report at the time. Gleason attended LSU from the fall of 2012 to the fall of 2013. He then transferred from LSU to Baton Rouge Community College. 
Gleason faces first-degree murder charges in the shooting deaths of 59-year-old Bruce Cofield and 49-year-old Donald Smart. And Cofield, who was homeless, was gunned down on the street corner on September 12th, and Smart was shot on September 14th on his way to his job. I feel confident that this killer will be killed again, uh, Police Chief Johnny Dern Dunham said. Gleason's attorney, J. Christopher Alexander, said, his client vehemently denies guilt, and we look forward to complete vindication. Gleason had a brief court here on Wednesday and was ordered held without bond, according to a video of the proceeding obtained, which we played for y'all. Uh, that hearing was held by Judge Trudy White. Do you want us to contact your lawyer and let him know that you're on suicide watch, the judge said? I haven't talked to him since I've been brought here, Gleason said. Well, give him a call or a text, the judge said. He'll come and handle it. And neighbors said they occasionally saw Gleason sleeping in a car parked outside his parents' Baton Rouge home where he was living after a trip to Arizona late last year. It's not clear why he went to Arizona, but while he was in Phoenix last December, Gleason was arrested on charges of shoplifting wine and razors. Police said he was homeless at the time. The case was dismissed after he completed a diversion program. Tanya Stevens, a black woman who lives three houses down from Gleason's parents, said she never interacted with him before the shooting at her home. And Stevens said her two adult sons were home, and she was away at her nurse's job when three bullets pierced the front door and struck furniture. Nobody was hurt. I never paid him any minds, Stevens said. Authorities said ballistic tests determined the same gun was used in all three shootings. Also, they said the DNA found in one of the shell cases matched genetic material on a swab they took from Gleason. And investigators have not found the 9mm handgun, but said Gleason bought such a weapon last November. There you go. So police are really putting things together. And it's important to note something that we hadn't told you about yet that uh, we wanted you to hear in that article first. And that was... Way back at the beginning of this story, when we told you about him shooting or we told you someone's door got shot through, that was, you heard it right, his neighbor three doors down from him in that Hickory Ridge subdivision. So same street, picture your neighbor three doors down. He went and shot through their house. Y'all remember, that's the very first crime we told you and that was in the string of this series of crimes that's right and and this was not a uh this was not your prototypical criminal here uh now he had some issues considering where his parents lived and and what he mentioned in that story that he would actually sleep outside in his car people would see him he obviously had parents that loved him but maybe he was going through some issues which explains the shoplifting and all of that um and so they you know they were probably trying not to enable him but at the same time wanted to make sure he had somewhere safe to sleep so they let him sleep in the in the you know i guess in the driveway of the house in his car right. uh and and with the with the location in which they lived they were probably uh people that were were doing the best they could and you know uh, right. what you would consider an upstanding family so gleason sits in jail y'all and he's awaiting trial. And on April 15th of 2021, his trial starts. Now, in opening statements, lead prosecutor Dana Cummings. Shout out to her. She's a pistol. There you go. Uh, she tells the jury Gleason targeted these men. She kind of hinted at the skin color as being a possible motive. And she laid out a basic picture of what she said Gleason's four-day reign of terror was. And... In that statement, uh, she also mentioned that it started when he opened fire on his neighbor's home. Investigators testified who said Gleason fired three rounds into that front door of that house while Corey and Joshua Anderson were inside. Both men testified that they heard a car door slam and a car door speed off after the shooting, but they didn't they didn't see anything as far as the color of a car or the color of a person. Uh, Joshua stated he was just frozen in fear, and I can understand why. 
The mother of Corey and John Joshua were also was also called to the stand. That was Miss Tanya Stevens, who was at work. Remember, she was a nurse when her house was shot at uh, working an overnight shift. Right. Prosecutors had her clarify that her family was the only black family on that street at that time. Uh, so you can see, you know, the angle they're working here. The state also called neighbor Mike D'Amico to testify, and he said that he heard shots immediately and jumped up from his desk, looked out the window, and called 911. D'Amico said he initially saw a car stopped in the road outside, but by the time he grabbed his pistol and went outside, which was around six minutes later, the car was gone, but Gleason was standing outside by his mailbox. Hmm. Well, here's the thing. He lives three houses down. You're not going to think right. he had anything right. to do with it. Now, Gleason's defense, which included Ashley Earl, Jarrett Ambo, which uh, should bring a bell to some people because of, of a big Netflix series that was just recently produced in which he was a, a, the defense attorney on. And Hayes Towns Third, which is another popular defense attorney in Baton Rouge, pressed D'Amico on his version of events, asking him if he thought it was possible that Gleason was in the car that sped off, looped back to the house before D'Amico came outside. And D'Amico, he didn't really offer a clear response. So what the defense was trying to do there was just just kind of tear up that timeline right. just enough to put doubt right. in the mind of, of the jury. Several detectives also testified about evidence being found at the house, including several bullet holes and bullet casings. Uh, the keeping of evidence was under intense scrutiny, as it always is, by defense. Yeah, chain of custody. Cummings, in her opening statements, alluded that the defense may try to give life to the police conspiracy against Gleason. Gleason's defense also presents in its opening arguments, which centered largely around what Earl said was a lack of evidence. Uh, Earl tried to paint, basically, you know, he paints this picture of his client as a former Eagle Scout and an honor student. And he says, you know, come on, this guy's done all these good things. You really think he's going around shooting people. He, right. He's not guilty. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. As the trial continued, more witnesses took the stand, including some that witnessed the murder on Alaska Street. A former LSU student testified that he watched in horror as a man made a U-turn in front of a Breck Park just north of the Baton Rouge campus and fatally shot Bruce Cofield. Cowesley um, Brown said he and a female friend were talking at a Breck's Alaska Street Park in the playground area around 11 p.m. In Breck, y'all is Baton Rouge uh, Parks. parks, That's the local park system. And uh, they were talking around in the park around 11 p.m. when he noticed the headlights of a car making a U-turn in front of the park. After about two minutes, he heard a gunshot and turned around to see a man standing outside the car to get struck by a second shot and fall to the ground. He got out to finish shooting. Brown testified, I saw him stand over the victim and shoot some more. Mm-hmm. Brown said he heard seven or eight shots and did everything he could to try and save Smart's life before the emergency responders arrived. Then Now, East Baton Rouge Parish uh, Coroner Bo Clark, another great guy, also testified that Smart suffered eight gunshot wounds, y'all. Um, FBI Special Agent Jeff Meffin, another great guy. Yeah, guy mind, too. Guy also, also testified during the trial and said that the very morning after gunning down Bruce Cofield, 
Gleason searched the internet for best Nazi generals. Uh-oh. The most dangerous game, which is a short story about a big game hunter turns to hunt humans, and preliminary hearing, a legal term in criminal cases, as well as searching the internet that same month for topics such as white nationalism, genocide, Nazi propaganda, and gun silencers. How many right. times do we to talk about search internet. histories yeah, your search playing history. a huge role in these criminal cases on all of our podcasts? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just insane it really uh, how how much that leads you to evidence-wise. So phone records, y'all, as they do in so many cases, they played a, a key aspect in this trial and indicated after Gleason shot into his neighbor's home, he searched for aggravated assault on his phone. Right. Um, after he reportedly shot and killed Cofield and Smart, the records indicated he looked up news stories over the investigation into the murders. Uh, defense attorney Jared Ambo argued that the prosecution, they were cherry-picking those results in Gleason's search history. Well, you know, it, one of those things in and of itself may or may not have anything to do with it. I'm sure a lot of people searched about those murders when they occurred, but it was a combination of all of those things. Yeah. So Ambo made the case that Gleason's internet search history, including a vast array of topics, both good items such as Jesus and the Christian faith, along with European artists and bad, including Nazis. Gleason's cell phone was also shown. Here's you a key piece of evidence to have pinged off a cell tower nearest to the crime scene at the same time Smart was gunned down. Prosecutors said that this was the only time Gleason's phone was in that area in the previous 45 days. Yeah, yeah, that's that's some damning stuff, right? uh, So attorney Hayes Town argued that the location provided by the phone records did not put Gleason at the murder scene, specifically pointing out the records simply showed his phone was somewhere in the area. I would agree with him there, and I think it's a problem. Absolutely. <laughs> so, and I agree with you also. So after a lot of back and forth on August 23rd, 2021, nearly four years after the murders. Four years later. Four years later. And, you know, that Yalis, because all he had a really good defense team and everything, and all the motions to suppress and everything else, and challenging the evidence and whatever, before it even gets to trial. So it just takes a long time. But nearly four years after the murders, uh, Kenneth Gleason is found guilty for the murders of Cofield and Smart. And prosecutors want the death penalty. However, due to the urging of the families of the victims who asked that the death penalty not be sought in this case, prosecutors settled on life in prison with no parole. And here's a clip of y'all of what that sounded like uh, by CBS News affiliate WAFB. Yeah, Scotty, this was not a death penalty case, as you said. That was at the request of the families of Kenneth Gleason's victims. But Judge Bo Higginbotham said today that the death penalty was really the only appropriate sentence that should have been handed down in this case. This case ended with emotional testimony from the families of Gleason's victims, Donald Smart and Bruce Cofield. Gleason was convicted of first-degree murder back in April. Assistant District Attorney Dana Cummings said Gleason was, quote, hunting black men during his five-day reign of terror. The family painted pictures of how both men were very loved by their families and were integral in their lives. The sister of Smart, though, saying that she forgives Gleason for murdering her brother, praying that he finds God. It's been very, very hard. That's that's my brother-in-law. That's my sister. It's been very hard. I had a close relationship with him. He took care of my kids with my sister, along with my uh, sister. And he's very well missed, very well missed. He's like a brother to me. It's been hard and still hard. This sentence coming on what would have been Donald Smart's 53rd birthday. The family saying that this is a great birthday present. Again, life without the possibility of parole for Kenneth Leeson and the murder of two black men back in 2017. At the courthouse, Austin Kemker, WAFB 9 News. Scotty, back to you. So, Gleason's only statement at Sinison was a written statement that simply said, I am innocent of the crime I have been accused of. Mm. Right? 
But during the victim's impact statements, one of Smart's sisters, Renee McCoy, gave a heartfelt victim impact statement in the court and noted that it would have been her only brother's 53rd birthday. Happy birthday, she said. McCoy also said her family has forgiven Gleason and added, we just ask that you try Jesus. To know Don was to love him, she said. He never met a stranger. He was our protector. And McCoy said the life sentence will prevent Gleason from committing these heinous crimes again. And Vincent Cofield described Gleason as a depraved and remorseless and said his brother slain was reprehensible in a victim impact statement, which he read to the court uh, by the sister Linda McGee. Bruce Cofield had graduated from Southern University in 1980 with a mechanical engineering degree and worked for a time as a research engineer in Illinois before returning to Louisiana. Wow. Right? Bet but, you didn't see that coming. Exactly. But when he when he returned to Louisiana, he got married and had two children. And his brother said he worked at Fort Polk, which y'all is an uh, army base in the western southern corner, almost southern corner of Louisiana. But despite his battles with, with drugs and depression, Bruce Cofield was a very valued member of our family, his brother wrote. We cannot put a price on our physical and emotional loss. Now, you have heard me talk about Hiller Moore, the East Baton Rouge District Attorney. Super great guy. And Hiller Moore uh, said after court that his office is hopeful that all the victims' families will be able to focus their energy on emotional healing pleasant memories of their loved ones, and happier times to come. And it is telling that in spite of the overwhelming evidence presented at trial, Kenneth Gleason still refuses to take responsibility for his actions and express no remorse for these senseless murders and hateful crimes of violence. And that's what Hiller Moore, the DA, said. Kenneth Gleason, he's headed to one place to spend the rest of that life, y'all. And... That's right. Bloody Angola. Now, it's important to note right here, right here, that Kenneth Gleason was a coward from the start, even in the way in which he committed the murders. And this is what stuck out to me and probably stuck out to a lot of you. He basically snuck attacked these men. He didn't go up to them face to face, man to man. While they were standing. Yeah. Yeah, While they were standing uh, where they had at least a shot of life. He stayed in his car in the comfort of his vehicle where he could haul ass if the, if he missed them. And he shot them from that car. And then when they went down, that's when he chose to get out and finish them off execution, execution style. style. Um, and now he was going to a prison in which cowards, well, oh, yeah. they and, don't last and, long. And especially racist cowards. Especially and racist think, cowards. You better believe the news knew about the Aryan uh, searches and Nazis shit and all this bullshit, this coward. That's right. So what do you think happened after just two days mm-hmm. of being transport, transported to uh, bloody Angola? Well, I'll tell you what. Here's here's the clip of what happened. Greg, officials with the Department of Public Safety and Corrections confirmed our reporting from earlier that Kenneth Gleason was found unresponsive and hanging in his cell in Angola at around midnight this morning. Now, Gleason had been an inmate at Angola for just two days after being transferred from the East Baton Rouge Parish Prison. He was in a single man cell to abide by COVID-19 protocols for new inmates. Back in April, you may remember a jury found Gleason guilty of first-degree murder for the murders of Donald Smart and Bruce Cofield. The West Feliciana Parish Sheriff's Office, along with Angola, have started an investigation. I'm told this is standard protocols for deaths like this that take place in Angola. Greg. Yep. The coward's way out. On September 22nd, 2023, he kills himself by hanging himself with bedsheets in his cell. Remember way back at the beginning of the story? When he asked to be taken off of suicide watch to judge Trudy White. Mm -hmm. And I told you that was important. This is why Kenneth Gleason was a coward the whole time. And likely had he ever had the chance, he would have killed himself way back then, even before his trial even started. Cowards take the coward's way out every single time without fail. Right. No exception. He knew he was about to do some real hard time. Right. So I'll tell y'all, I tell y'all all the time that even the worst of the worst of evil people have a mother or a father or a sister, 
somewhere that allows them. And certainly Kenneth Gleason was no different. After his death, his body was carried out of Angola for private burial. And just like anyone else, his family held a wake and announced it in the paper. They even had a site set up online where you could offer your condolences, believe it or not. So his obituary reads like this. Kenneth Leeson, April 5th, 1994 through September 22nd, 2021. Kenneth Leeson, 27, a resident of Baton Rouge, passed away on September 22nd, 2021. He was a 2012 graduate of Baton Rouge High School and attended LSU. As a member of the Boy Scout Troop 505, he became an Eagle Scout in 2012. Kenneth was survived by his sister, parents, and numerous aunts and uncles and cousins. He was preceded in death by his grandparents, and visiting hours will take place, blah, 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 on Tuesday, blah, blah, blah. Family and friends may sign the online guest book or leave a personal note to family at www.resthavenbatonrouge.com. Right. Yeah, and and no mention you say about being basically a racist serial killer. So that's two, right. Two more people killed at separate times, and and he did that. They never called him a serial killer, but he's a straight up serial killer and a racist serial killer. That right, and you know what he you, you say it all the time. Even the, even the worst of the worst, or somebody yeah, yeah, loves him, yeah, and, and and these I people, I'm sure, loved him, and, and, and that's and, why we didn't and, say and, names. And look, they're suffering too. Yeah, we, you notice we left out the names of the family members and all that. And I hate it for them. I do. I, I hate it that whatever flips the script inside this dude's head from being an Eagle Scout to a racist serial killer yeah. happened. Right. And so and I hate it for the victim's family's worse. Uh, right. And so you may think, y'all, that this is the end of the story for Kenneth Gleason, right? I mean, he's dead. Right. He's gone. Well, not exactly. Six weeks after he was found hanged in that cell in Angola, uh, self-hanged, by the way, uh, in September of 2021, attorneys for the Louisiana Appellate Project filed an appeal on Gleason's behalf. In her petition, Madisonville lawyer Catherine Franks invoked an obscure legal doctrine known as abatement from the beginning. So let me tell you all about this. The precedent had been set by the state's Supreme Court in 1976. It basically requires courts not only to dismiss a conviction if the guilty party dies while an appeal is pending, but also calls for the conviction and sentence to be totally vacated and tossed out. So it's, uh, and this was used very there was a lot of press around the fact that Aaron Hernandez, a former NFL player who also committed suicide in prison while his appeal was going on, uh, basically that law completely erased the conviction because, you know, the argument there is, well, they didn't get a chance to appeal. You know what? Here's my thought on that. And and I'm going to agree with Hiller Moore, who actually came out. He fought this all the way to the state Supreme Court. So they overturned that and, and took this away. And Hiller Moore fights it to the state Supreme Court, and he files a writ asking the Supreme Court to do away with that doctrine and instead adopt what's known as the Alabama law. That's a law in which other states that have a suicide exemption for cases like Gleason's, uh, it allows the court to maintain the conviction while noting in the record that the appeal was never addressed. Because they kill themselves like a bitch. Right. Yeah. And in the end... The state Supreme Court agreed with Hiller Moore, and on November 10th of 2022, the conviction for Kenneth Gleason was reinstated. Now, you may say, what does it matter? He's dead. What difference does it make? Well, I can assure you, it makes all the difference in the world to the families of his victims. Absolutely. And that, in the end, is what matters most. Absolutely. And that, y'all, is... It's crazy. Another bloody Angola story that ended up in a suicide. Ended in bloody Angola. Yep. Um, He wasn't even through being processed where he was going to be put yet. He was in a single man cell when he first gets there. And two days later, he hangs himself. Hangs himself. Coward. Yeah. Uh, couple of things, a couple of announcements, and then Woody's going to do some announcements. Uh, Just real quick for y'all are – 
our warden team members, which are our highest supporters on Patreon. And, and no matter what level you are, we, we love all of you. Like, appreciate all. If you're not a level, we still love and we appreciate can't be, you. Afford yeah, to be warned. Don't want to be warned. Still love and appreciate you. That's right. Sure. But I do want to let those people know that their quarterly gift is on the way this week. Uh, um, so you'll be get look for that in your mailbox. And if I sent you a message on uh, Patreon asking for your address. Uh, just send it to me <laughs> so I can send it to you. You get your prize. That's hey, right. If y'all, we love it when you when you get those quarterly gifts and you, if you'll post a picture with it. Yes, time absolutely. Do, and we'll share that everywhere. Uh, it means a lot to us. And thank you so much for doing it. Uh show couldn't run without you. That's right. Of course, you get your commercial free early releases and all that stuff that um, our regular listeners don't get. But um, you've been with us since the beginning, most of you. And, we're adding all the time, and we appreciate That's right. that. And uh, your bonus episode is is coming also yes. to you uh, in the next probably four or five days. Right, so look right. for that. It's going to be love. Yeah. Right? And y'all, if you would, continue to – most importantly, is continue to subscribe because – the podcast world has come out with some more bullshit. Like they do every like three or four years. They yes. try to change things up for the commercial people. So without going into it, doesn't matter. But uh, if you're subscribed, make sure you're still subscribed or because they're canceling subscriptions after X amount of days. Let's say you've been gone a month and hadn't listened. You might not get the automatic downloads. Just make sure you're still subscribed. And, and if you wonder why you hadn't heard an episode, it may be because of this new situation they're putting it through, but we don't want you to miss any, and we love each and every one of y'all and appreciate you so much. That's right, and until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. Your host of Bloody Angola. A podcast, 142 years in the making. Complete story of America's bloodiest prison. Peace! Straight line, shackle and chain. Oh, gruesome Gertie is calling my name. There is no mercy in this penitentiary. Just ask the Hill String Gang, Wrangle Three. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.